special guest in the house hey what's up what's up y'all <laughs> <laughs> you did uh, it to the t uh you know you just gotta you gotta sometimes put things out in the universe and let's let it be a thing um so yeah welcome to the show thank you thank you for having me um we also got marcy in the building as always <sighs> yeah, just... you gotta clap it up like they do on dream champs you breathe yeah, they clap every, every time <laughs> just for no reason uh yeah i i now understand why drink tamps does things that way because when you have alcohol and you sit for any length of time you're going to say something messed up and it's always going to be hilarious oh so the late the late night morning drip the late drip late drip yeah oh. doing a late night show uh is it's great whenever we do those episodes so you know anyways i need to also my my comfort thing is touching the mic sometimes and it's just you know do you need assistance how can i help <laughs> you're horrible hey yo so uh jesus aka mad chill mm. dj mm. dancer mm -hmm. um thrift expert nato um i appreciate that i wouldn't say i'm an expert i would say that i'm still paying dues okay how do you pay dues in the vintage game? Uh, it's just like any other game. Like, there's honestly, there's people who predate you. Mm -hmm. There is certain knowledge that you need to know. Mm -hmm. You can't. That's the funny part about like most industries that are not like very established. Is like people feel like, oh, I can just jump in and I do a little two step. No, I'm a dancer. I can do this. Yeah. Where it's like actually in the thrift game, like you have to have knowledge of tag. You have to have. Um, knowledge of when pieces released okay. what pieces were released when uh and all those changed the market value of certain pieces see i i and this shows you how much i don't know about the vintage game i would just think that people go to goodwill and just sit up here and get some stuff and it's like <laughs> yo this person gave up on this but i'm gonna give it a second of life that's all i thought so that's what a lot of people think mm -hmm. and like uh i've realized that like uh, a lot of my homies when i was like in high school mm -hmm. were already doing these things okay. uh and like man i remember my like homie would come like i would go over to my homie script mind you this man's room was a mess <laughs> i kid you not bro was it worse than my office your office is nothing compared to <laughs> okay <laughs> and i'm okay, not gonna damn. put him on blast i'm not gonna put him on blast i'm not gonna say his name but i would pull in and he would be like yo look what i have mm. and like like shark tooth like every crazy type of hat you can have yeah and like just by finding them at the bins and mind you like it's also like um it's not just the racks it's also the bins and 
Like I know a little bit about the Benz. Shout out to the homie Lee Feldman. Mm, mm, mm. Um, <laughs> it was a support. It was a support. Oh, uh, so last time we did the ooh 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 ooh. What is that from? So you're the youngest guest that we've had on this show, uh, and you just proved that by not knowing who Arsenio Halls is. Okay. Do you, you know want to who, educate me? Do you know you don't know who Arsenio Halls is, bro? You're making me look extra bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. One of the first versions of a late night show was Arsenio Hall, and he had like infamous, famous guests. It was one of the biggest late night shows. Like he had Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, and Muhammad Ali on one episode. Crazy. Yeah. And do you know who those those people are? <laughs> uh, uh, duh, I know who those people are. <laughs> I, I just don't didn't know. know who the late late night show was. Um, but yeah, he just had like infamous guests. This is in the time of like, do you know the TV show Martin? Yes. All right. So this is around the era of Martin, like <laughs> where it was just like black television was really cracking off. And so he was the late night king for that era. Copy. Yes. All right. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you know the controversy that uh, kind of got him in hot water? No. Do tell. All right. So um, <laughs> he he on one of his episodes, uh, someone in the crowd started yelling out, um, you need to have more queer people on the show. And he he got pissed. He's like, well, one, this is my show. Don't come into my house telling me what to do. Two, how do you know we haven't had queer people on the show? There has been some people that have not been out that have been on the show. So don't sit up here and assume things unless you know things. And he's like, and I'm happy to have anybody. And I think he had like Elton John or somebody else like that on the show. And he's just like, don't sit up here and bring it to, don't bring this to me. Like, don't sit up here and try to, like, uh, it was like the beginnings of cancel culture. I mean, mm. like, you're trying to cancel me because you think that I'm not inclusive. I am inclusive. Just me being a black show and being out is being inclusive. Speaking to cancel culture, sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I touched your mic. Too. No, you, you, it won't, it don't, it doesn't show up on the thing. You good. Well, if you do that, then yes, it will. <laughs> All right. So, Specifically with that, I think it's a lot of it is perception, right? Uh, to that controversy, he has had people on the show who he knew and he respected their uh, their position mm -hmm. and where they wanted to be. Yeah. Uh, so it's really about perception at that point, mm -hmm. uh, because you're notoriously known for people coming up to you and be like, you know what you should do? <laughs> you should have blah, 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 and da, da, da. Like, oh. how do you feel when people come up to you and they're like, you should do this? Um... I get annoyed by it because it's it's the thing that's like, and I know Ian gets this because I do it to Ian all the time. I'm like, hey, you know what we should do? You know what you should do for the shop? Um, it's a thing that sometimes people don't realize that maybe you've had that idea already. And then if you execute it, they're like, oh, you stole that idea from me. Mm. Or the the other thing that really sucks is someone will give you an idea and it's like, it's not the right timing for it or I have so much on my plate, you're asking me to do another thing. Like within doing like the art in here, I have people constantly are like, oh, you should do other people that aren't black. You should do, you know, Wait. such and such person. Yeah, that that is that is literally my favorite thing. And it's even better because a lot of times it comes from black people and they're just like, you know, you, you started doing some white people. And I'm like, the whole entire reason we did this was because we were shining a light on black people in black history month but okay okay 
and I'm and to a certain extent, there's certain people I want to do. Like I really want to do Ruth uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and like people like that that have like helped across the board. Like I, I I'm gonna eventually do like an ally series. Like these are the people that mm. are like unsung heroes within like the culture that have done great things. But I don't want to just be like I did Britney Spears to do Britney Spears. Like I have no interest in that. To that, there's like an interesting thing where um, people don't talk about this a lot, but it's like starting to become more of a present thing, like culture currency. <clears throat> and that is kind of like a two-sided coin with like cloud chasing. <laughs> yeah, cloud you chasing, know? culture vultures. Yes, but culture currency doesn't always reflect people who are cloud chasing. There's people who have a lot of cultural currency that is because of what they've done and who they are, Yeah. right? But then there's people who chase that culture currency through cloud chasing. And see, the thing that gets to me on on the whole entire culture, I, it's, it's really some culture wars, but it's different than what it used to mean. Like, it's a thing now where I feel like people are like, how do I set myself apart from people? I'm going to dive into a cultural aspect of myself and make that my whole entire being. And then when anyone tries to interrupt that, or tries to downplay that or anything else, I can make it into an issue. Or I, I really hate when I see people that are like, for instance, within the, the protest, people that are like super pro-black, mm -hmm. and then you find out they don't hang out with black people. This is like, it's like, hey, like I'm going to be your civil rights leader. This is the first time I've ever experienced black culture. This is the first time I've ever felt so included within, it's like, maybe you're not the right person to do this. And I've said this like numerous times. It, it's that to me, and even in the art world where people will be like super artistic, their whole entire being is their art. But it's like, you find out it's a facade. Like there, there, I won't say dude's name out here, but there was a dude that was uh, out here in Portland that proceeded to make an art movement for himself. Mm. And he didn't make the art. He was on some Andy Warhol shit where it's like, hey, these people are making the art. I'm helping them, giving them feedback on how to manipulate it or whatever else, but I'm not truly putting paintbrush to, to, canvas. to canvas. I'm not doing any of that. Someone else is doing that. And I'm now throwing art shows saying that this is my art and selling it for a ridiculous amount of money. And I remember I went to one of their events and it was hilarious because he had this crazy performance. And at the end of it, like as the performance is going on, and it's ending. He's over on the other side of the curtain. And I'm sitting like in some bleacher seats and I can see him being like, and he literally says, like, I can't believe they fell for this. And they're like, he's like, they're fucking eating it up. I can't believe this. And I was just like, I see the authenticity. Oh, is that the right word? Okay. I know what word you're trying to say, but I'm not the one to say I, it for you. <laughs> yeah. I see when people are trying to be authentic within stuff. Yes. And it's genuine and they're really putting like, you know, it it feels genuine. And then you have other people where because how they're perceived within a culture, it's perceived to be genuine and it's not. And that's what I think that you're like getting on. And that's the thing that like annoys me to like to my core when I see people that are portraying something but they don't actually it's not actually who they are they just know that 
social currency, what they look like, how they sound, the way they dress. It seems authentic, but it's not. <clears throat> and to my point, why I'm going to bring it back to exactly what you were pointing to, where I say I'm still paying dues because in this time more than ever, as you probably already know, I'm not going to say social media. I'm going to say uh, the perceived success of people on social media because social media is just a tool. It's the way people use that tool that is changes the perspective and the narrative of people, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of people who are successful on social media. People try to follow that formula and say, okay, I'm going to become a, a vintage head now. Mm -hmm. And they, they see that the biggest pieces are rap tees. The biggest pieces is uh, vintage Nike, mm -hmm. they, they, blah, blah, blah. Old, they blah. old sports teams, different stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. Like, um, them loom tags like specific old tags and we'll see okay i just need to go get these things mm -hmm. and we'll get like one or two <clears throat> and some people will even like pay top dollar just to front like they are a part of this and this is actually something i'm also like um I, I am lucky to have like a really close homie of mine whose name is yuli he's since he's moved out here mm -hmm. he's really put me on game so this <laughs> this is how you put me on game my first he like gifted me like fire heat that i i had no what idea what i was wearing yeah i fucked those up <laughs> i fucked them up bad every you and this time. ring hitting the table is oh. going to be great for the audio listeners by the way oh, my fault, my fault. <laughs> uh but but with that being said i didn't know what i was fucking up but he re then realized that that's who i am that's how i wear my shoes yeah. i wear my shit like i really wear it so later on kind of realizes that so then he kind of hits me with the warning he's like don't fuck these up and I was like, all right, cool. I'll fuck him up anyways. And then he acknowledges, that's just how you wear your shoes. Yeah. But in that timeline, too, he's also been like, yo, these are a million doors. This is these. These are the 550s, blah, blah, blah. This is this. This is that. And, like, we'll sit down and take the time to educate me. Yeah. And this is also why I say I'm paying dues. Because I'm not going to sit in front of dudes who've been putting more than 10 years of their life to, mm. like, learn this shit and not earn a dollar off of it to come in and try to in the in the vintage game and be like all of a sudden be like yeah i do this i don't see i'm th learning it this is the stuff that i like about you and in the sense of being like in the realm of dj stuff it's so much of its ego you dj oh yeah dj oh okay I'm, cool i'm kind of a big deal <laughs> 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 um in the world of djing like it's so much of its ego so much of it's like who's throwing the biggest party and not necessarily who's the best like and it's a thing that's like you know even more so now that there's like celebrity djs it's like can you really dj or is everybody just coming out because shaq's name's on the flyer or is shaq a good dj and Ooh. i think that that also lends its like has the same threads as being like this cultural currency thing where it's like do you are you cool enough do you have enough value within this that you can make this other thing that you do into being your persona like or do you actually love djing are you actually good at this do you do you deserve x and it's always a difficult thing because when you ever talk about someone deserving something it's all perception and it's all opinion so when i when i sit up here and see djs do it it's it's funny to me and this was in my early on days this, this is how i 
promote. <laughs> <laughs> the window, yeah, it's great. Good morning, America. Uh, one of the, the one of the things that I did in proving my worth within knowing that I had the skills, like I was like, I'm a good DJ. I'm solid. I know I'm on the totem pole. This is where I sit and I'm comfortable with it. How do I prove to other people that I'm comfortable with that? Nobody knows that my nights are good unless they come out to them. Mm-hmm. And then I started taking pictures in the parties that I was throwing that were like the beginning ones. And then I started taking pictures of the line. And I'm like, there's no lying about that. I can't fake that to be like, I'm successful. There's the proof. And to certain people, I know it came off as being like, hey, yo, you're bragging and you're sitting up here. You need to be humble or you need to check yourself. You're not as cool. But to other people within that, it's like, yo, I'm putting my like, you know, I'm putting my foot down. I'm showing you what what I'm out. I'm like, we're packed. It's great. Check me. Post a picture of your 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 club right now. And what your line is. All right, it's dead. And it, it, you know, it's a double-edged sword. Like certain people liked it, certain people didn't, but it worked for me. I just want to go on record mm-hmm. and you use one sitting up here mm-hmm. so far. Oh, oh, you, this is all you have to do. This is, it, you, so we take the dry erase. Yes, sir. And then you can just mark down on, on the table, you know, wherever, wherever you feel, wherever you feel comfortable. Cool. I'm probably going to erase this yeah, by accident, but well, here we go. Uh, yeah. And, oh, oh, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. I gotta. Pl- I gotta plug this. Plug this bad boy in. Um, but yeah. Um, okay. So, oh man, perception, perception, perception. This is really good. <clears throat> Excuse me. In the sense that I'm like, you are not responsible for the what you say in, in the regards of how people react to what you say. You are responsible for how you say it. But you're not responsible for what you say and how it affects other people. You you, you say that, and you know, the proof or no, the exception to that rule that proves it, mm. Kanye West. Kanye West says the wildest stuff, and I feel like if people listened more closely to what he's actually trying to say instead of the words he's saying, they would understand where he's coming from better. But people only hear the words it's like him saying yo harriet tubman never freed the slaves harriet tubman just like traded them to another slave master like in the sense of and i can't and i'm not going to quote this perfectly so don't don't at me and come after me but um what i what i perceived him saying within that situation was yo harriet tubman yes she freed the slaves underground railroad got them to another place but the other place that she took them to wasn't that much better it like they might have got paid but they were basically indentured servants like they got paid next to nothing they're in a little bit better of a position da, 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 da. and i think that's what kanye was trying to say now people's perception of that in the way that he said it leaves it up for interpretation so interpretation whatever let me let me restate it because i think i said it wrong right mm-hmm. <clears throat> You said it right. Oh, I said it right. You said it right. All right, great. Because that's that's the thing is how people perceive Kanye. So also, I was just recently watching one of his most recent interviews, and I hear that very clearly. But he's also someone who wants to, uh, ha, 
shout out to Rush for this. Shake the snow globe. He wants to. <laughs> he's someone who like purposely tries to like, er, like disrupt the way you think, mm-hmm. and he's like kind of a big troll about it. Um, but there is things he's saying within all of that that actually make a lot of sense. Um, but I'm not validating what he's saying. I'm not validating that it's. Okay You're not for- validating his Trump support. <laughs> or his haircut choices over the last couple of years <laughs> it was that haircut bro it and he's it, it's funny because then he was like yeah i paid someone to do this and then i did it myself i was like that doesn't help your scenario you mean like and mind you he was a barber at one point mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah blah but he also talked about him being a horrible barber my point yeah no i mean that yo perception is a wild thing and i think that even more so like even within people not understanding uh, gender fluidity. Mm. Like it's a perception of what you think it is to be masculine, what you think it is to be feminine, what you think these character traits are. And really you're stereotyping people within this. And I know there's some people that are even like, they have problems with the drag community because they're like, Hey, you're stereotyping women. This is how you're perceiving women to act and be like. You're stereotyping us. We are more than just this. And now I think it's like super interesting. I'm, have you ever watched RuPaul's Drag Race? Yeah. All right. So now they're having contestants on there that aren't just gay, that are, you know, uh, a straight white woman being on the show and then a straight man being on the show. And it's now pushing that narrative of being like, maybe this isn't a perception or uh, uh, a theory on what women are like in a performance aspect. Now it's just a performance. And I think it's that mm-hmm. thing that people have to like wrap their heads around within understanding people better. Cause we're going on stereotypes, perceptions of what we think things should be. And then when we like sit and have it, we're just like, Oh, okay. This is maybe more than I thought it was on like the first look. There's there's depth to this. And I and that goes back to that cultural thing. These cultural notes, sometimes the stereotypes that we're putting on things to sit up here and make it easier to understand and digest. We got really deep. <laughs> and we're just gonna keep going. Uh no. So all right, so there's a couple of things that we do on the show and I always love to do in interviews. And I'm going to mess with you and it's going to just, you know, destroy you as a person. So just prepare yourself. Um, first off. I prepared myself. Go on. Okay. First off, uh, you are of the hip hop variety, I'm guessing, right? You love hip hop yes. music? Yes. All right. Top five MCs. Wait. Of all time. <clears throat> okay. I have to get. I have to. Everybody put- puts a caveat on this. No. Everybody puts a caveat on this. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. All right. So let me say this. So when I first started teaching dance, mm-hmm. I started teaching hip hop. Yeah. And mind you, when I started teaching dance, mm-hmm. I was given the green light by people who maybe shouldn't have given me, given me that green light. So mm-hmm. when I started teaching and I got in the classroom, I was like, "Do I just teach choreography? What's happening?" Like I realized I didn't know. Yeah. So then I had to go do my homework started to really understand what I was teaching, what foundation really was, because at that time, not a lot of people in Portland knew hip hop foundation, Mm -hmm. which wasn't even that long ago. (laughs) And that's sad. But to my point, 
um, I realized in that time till now that I, <clears throat> I love hip hop. Let me say that. But I realized that I also created the idea that I love hip hop because I was doing the hip hop dance. So I have to love the music that I was doing. Who is your top five favorite MCs of all time? <laughs> okay. Um, Great, 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 great. He's dodging. He's scared. He, he was trying. He was trying. Yo, he was trying to work his way around. There's like, how long can I take, or how, what can I say to make my opinions of these okay? Because I know you think I'm an old ass man. Negative. So, so you're gonna try to sit up here and say a I bunch do think of old, you're MC. old but Negative. Okay. No, I'm not gonna say a whole bunch of old MCs. First of all, <clears throat> if I, the next word out of your mouth isn't an MC's name, can you let me say it? Say it. Are you done? I'm done. I'm waiting on you. <laughs> So, uh, top five MCs. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go. Oh, for your generation rappers. Yeah. <laughs> well, nah, yeah. Just, 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 just name I'm going to go. I'm going to go. It doesn't have to be in order. Just top five. Cole. Cole. Okay. So, a lot of people are like, oh, Cole's awful, blah, blah, blah. Cole's sleepy, da, da, da. But, like, Cole drops a lot of stuff that it is actually relevant. And it's not like. Not just like da da da, money da da da, hoes da da da, and it's like yo, it's tight. Like for your eyes only is actually a really relatable album that okay. people sleep on because it's slow. Yo. Uh, Anyways, uh, I'm moving J. on. Cole, no, 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 dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up something about J Cole in a second. But yeah, go ahead. J. Uh, Cole. All right. Uh, Rappers do, do, do. or yes. hip hop artists? <laughs> See what I'm saying? Who are your top five favorite MCs of all time? So we got J. Cole. Okay. Uh, Nas. Which is basically old J. Cole. <laughs> you know, you have the whole entire album, uh, or not the album, the song, you know, I Let Nas Down. Yeah. J. Cole? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I know. And then Nas replied. I mean, he has to. He can't be on one of the top tier rappers of the time and then mention your name and not say anything back. And that'd be disrespectful. All right. J. Cole, Nas. You want me to give you mine? No. So then you feel better about yours? No. no okay. Uh, just let me think. Dead air is horrible on radio. That's All why right. I can't just let you okay, think cool. I got to talk. All right, I'm going <laughs> to spit out the ones that I enjoy right now. Yeah, it's right now. It's Baby Keem. Baby Keem, all right. Two-Face, no, Two-Phone Baby Keem. Okay. Uh, psh, uh, I also really do enjoy... Uh, sound like the Pac-Man dying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I have Nas, J. Cole, Cole, Baby Keem, uh, K-Dot. Um, Kendrick? And, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then also J.I.D. Okay. All right. These are all people that I enjoy listening to right now in the car. So they're not necessarily my favorite because if I think about my favorite, I'm thinking about a lot of things. But these are my favorite right now that I listen to on a daily basis. I answered it. Go on. It's horrible. Uh, <laughs> your list is trash. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, that, the reason why I asked you is because I, I really wanted like the generational... Here's here's uh, uh, a new generation's opinion about music. These are the people I listen to. These are the people I like. And if 
So mine always is, well, Biggie, uh, Jay-Z, um, Andre 3000, Black Thought, and I would say newly to that list, I would put on there um, Childish Gambino. I really love Childish Gambino. Mm. Uh, yeah. Dude, Childish, I remember when he first came out and everyone hated on him, including me. What? I had, because I had the wrong person introduce me. You know how you can have someone introduce you to something and they're the wrong person for it? It's like, I don't trust your opinion. I don't ah, like your judgment. It. And they're like, oh, you got to listen to this dude, Donald Glover. He was on Community. He's a rapper and he raps over rock music. It's awesome. And I was just like, that sounds like trash. I don't want to listen to that. It sounds straight like trash. And then from there, um, I heard Freaks and Geeks. And that song was fire to me. And I was like, oh, I'm playing this in the club. No one knows. No one's playing this in the club. And this song's like hits. And so he did that, and then there was, uh, what was it, See Me Now or Watch Me Now, something like that. And it kept being songs that I was able to play in the club, and it would be like certain people in the room would come up to me and like, yo, dude, you know about, you know about Charles Gambino? So I really have always loved him um, from that point on. And then I heard Camp, and that's his first album. Mm. And it's <laughs> fire because he like literally goes through talking about – black stereotypes in the sense of being like a i am not what you would define as a black stereotype people were calling me whitewashed or saying i wasn't black enough and x y and z and now you like look at him and it's like when he uh he made uh america that song is like if you're gonna go to some black protest type thing that's the song you're gonna play he's made so much music now even like uh redbone and stuff like that it's like Black cultural anthems. And I, I love that his first album is like, you're not telling, you're telling me I'm not black enough. And I just love the, how it comes around. But anyways, those were and are my top five lists. I would say if I was in this generation, my top five list would probably be, I super love Tyler. Tyler Creator is to me ridiculous. Um, his newest album. He, he, he is, is hilarious. It's Tyler to me. I, I truly wonder how, like, especially in like the LGBT uh, community, how they feel about him with the stuff that he says, because he, he, he would drop the F bomb crazy. But then he loves Frank Ocean. He would sit up here and um, what's his name? Um, Do you know? Jaden Smith mm -hmm. was like, yo, Tyler's my boyfriend. I'm finally coming out and saying it. And then he's like, oh, no, that's da 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 da. I'm not going to say the words, but he said, but so much of that community still loves him and like still gets his points within how he says it. I sometimes I'm like, do you realize Dave Chappelle's kind of doing the same thing? All right, I'm going to shut up and leave it alone. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to, I'm just going to back away from that table. Um, I don't know. That's just that's my my opinion. Do you, wait, Marcy, do you like Tyler? Um, I like Tyler. I think so. I think like you're talking personality wise too. Mm -hmm. I think he's funny, mm -hmm. and I like how he addresses himself. And I think that's why he hasn't gotten some of the flack that Dave Chappelle has gotten. Okay. To be honest, is the way that he handles himself. He's kind of always had. He's been a hundred percent like just here like you know what you're gonna get with tyler the creator but i feel like dave chappelle um people they liked him before he started saying certain things and so people mm -hmm. have this idea in their head that he thinks all the same things they think 
And so when that ball's dropped on them, it's more shocking and it's harder for them to digest versus Tyler's been Tyler. I, so mm. there's two things to that. <clears throat> One. P- w- hold on r- real quick. P.S. Marcy's behind a computer screen that you guys can't see. So <laughs> I, I literally feel like I have you heard of the show Home Improvement? Yes. All right. So I feel like she's Wilson. I can't I can't see her face. <laughs> I know what she looks like, but everyone is just it's just just a top of a fro and that's it. And then like the two Yeah, the, the two fingers concerns. randomly yeah. coming up. Yeah. So in love. Um wow. I was like, yeah, I know home improvement. And then it hit me why you asked me that. Mm-hmm. I'm not that young, <laughs> but I I understand that there's things that I don't know. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's interesting cuz I talk about uh I, w- I was talking to uh the homie Richard about this and it's like uh I we live he's a little bit older than me but we literally live where uh in the end of the old school and the beginning of the new school yeah so like we're in that generational like just at the like my birth year is the end of the what is it wait what is your birth year 95 oh okay all right word so you see what i'm saying where it's like i'm not that young Mm -hmm. but i'm also young enough to understand like i understand why kids on tiktok are hitting uh the city rock i understand that because i'm also allowed myself to continue to be open to that community especially because i teach kids Mm -hmm. so I, i also do it for relatability so when i teach class they're not just like why is he doing the the Roger Rabbit only. Why is he only doing the prep? What mm-hmm. is the prep? This is not like it's not relevant to them. And I understand that. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to have impact, you have to have relevancy. You have to understand what community you're you're taking part in. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I'm interested to hear your Dave Chappelle thing that you're about to say. Oh, he's been saying the same things. Do and I I for for certain parts in certain segments of the world that listen to him, I'm like. Do you not remember the Chappelle show? Like the Chappelle show is still hilarious to a certain degree, but it is also cringy as hell to watch now. Like I certain think that's yeah, that's kind of what I was trying to say, I guess. It's uh. like it's not that he's saying different things, it's more so that he's um like the audience like times have changed yeah and there's been enough of a gap where people in their head have a different perception of him Mm -hmm. than what was like the actual thing versus like i feel like like they that opportunity they never had with tyler because he's yeah i don't know you kind of get what i'm putting yeah yeah, i get the the biggest thing that i can pull from it too is that tyler's actually a part of that community that he ends up talking about yeah dave Chappelle is not and that's the biggest difference but is he not that's that's what i that's that's where i'm at with it is that People are, so this is one thing in comedy that I always kind of like, I get, but I don't get, is that you can make jokes about whatever your community is, and it's acceptable, no matter how bad it is. If I'm an Asian person doing, making the the Asian accent to tell a joke or be like, oh, my dad, and he talks like this and saying certain things that are stereotypes, it's acceptable then. But if another person, especially a white person, does that, then it's considered to be inappropriate. And that's the thing that I think the line that Dave is stepping on that is hurting people's uh, feelings and their opinions about stuff is that they're like, if you were gay, you could say this and we could laugh at it. 
but you're not. So this is taken offensively. But it's like, yo, do you remember the Brian Gumble skit that he did where he was saying that Brian Gumble or sorry, not Brian Gumble. Uh, what's the other dude? The other. Uh, the oh God, I can't. It's uh, they did it in the skit where he's like, uh, blah, 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 makes Brian Gumble look like Malcolm X. I know what you're talking about. Is it from Wayne Brady? Wayne Brady. Um, And Wayne Brady got super pissed about that because he was like, yo, how are you going to sit up here and say what's black enough or whatever else? And da, 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 da. But like there, those, those are, did I say sit up here right there? Damn. Um, But those are just some of those things that I think that people aren't able to handle in the correct way. Like not in the correct way, but it's, it's one of those things of perception. It's like, I perceive you as now being racist or homophobic or whatever else within this because of the way you're saying this and because of who you are. Not social media, but the perception and the use of social media mm-hmm. is also one of the other biggest biggest changes is that I can get on Twitter and be like, Dave Chappelle is awful because XXX and all of a sudden now it becomes a thing that people talk about. Uh, which I am curious on how many people say things online now sit up in front of you and will tell you those same things. Oh yeah. People, people can never go handle stuff in reality that they say online. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so to my last point, I would add Andre 3000 to my, (laughs) I would add Andre 3000 because that actually is one of my favorite rappers. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't like think about it. Mm -hmm. There's spotlight. It does something to me. Oh, yo, dude. So let's, let's, let's go on to another favorite. What is your favorite R and B all time? And I'm, and I'm just saying album. What is your favorite R and B album? You can just like, this is the one I can't do album. And I have to say this because I, no, 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 no. Just pick an album, an album, just an album. This is your favorite one right now. What is your favorite R&B album right now? The one that's like, hey, if I'm going to go in my car, I'm on, on a date, this is the R&B album I'm put on. I don't. I do I do playlists now. No. Yeah, and see that, mm, I, we'll talk about that later. You were just saying on the show, like, I think it was, yeah, you were just saying earlier that but, no one listens to albums anymore. No, they don't. No, but to my point, this is why I can't do that, is because all the R&B artists I grew up listening to, I listened to their hits that came out on radio. Why? Because that's what was accessible to me. Mm-hmm. So I never listened to Usher's album, which I can't even tell you the name of the album. Yeah. But <clears throat> now I started to take the time to listen to albums. Mm-hmm. I sat through all of Donda. Do you know how many lifetimes it took for me to get through it? <laughs> <laughs> Don. Donda is what I would say it's a mouthful. It's 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 a it was a really good meal or it had the potential of being a good meal and you just stuff all of it in your mouth at once. Instead of it being like a thing that you like, hey, I'm taking bites, I'm enjoying this slowly like a, or whatever. It's, it's just it's like a steak that's like a little too chewy. Yeah. It's just it's just too it, it has the bones to be something great. The execution of it was you know what it is it's the piss poor version of life of pablo is it the piss poor version it, life of pablo is great yeah but do you really think donda's not that good like do you think donda's complete basura uh if i knew what that meant uh um basura 
is trash. <laughs> Were you trying to do the <laughs> Dora the Explorer voice? <laughs> Basura. That means trash. <laughs> Lear- learning, learning Spanish with Jesus. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, I would say, thing is, Donda does not lend itself to a re-listen. Donda, I experienced. It's going to an art museum when there's when there's a show there. You go once, you go, you experience it. It doesn't necessarily mean you keep going back to it. You're not like, hey, this show's going to be up for the next three months. I need to go there 15 times. So this is what I'll say: to experience Donda live while he was doing the album release party, mm-hmm. incredible. That makes sense. But as far as listening to it on your own accord, I'm a little bit smarter than you. I took my time. I listened to like four or five songs, then I came back to it. Four or five songs, came back to it. Because I looked at the track list and I was like, you mean you got a two, you got three, four part twos on here? What are you talking about? See, uh, this is the thing. And I think that this is now the example of Drake versus Kanye and why Drake is Michael Jackson and Kanye is Prince. Hmm. Drake makes an album that you put on and especially in the Spotify era, you're like, hey, this isn't a Drake song anymore. Oh, it went to a playlist because you already got through the album. You didn't even realize you got through the album. It's that seamless. Whereas Kanye now is so experimental that sometimes I feel like you're like, damn, is this Kanye album? Is this still the same one? Jesus Christ. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say that I think that Kanye is a better artist. And I'm not talking about singing. I'm talking about like. Isn't Prince a better artist than Michael Jackson? Which is why I don't want to agree with you, but I have to agree with your current <laughs> statement because I do not want to say that Drake is Michael Jackson of this era. He is. I don't want to give him to him, but how I is agree- he not? <laughs> Instead of the red jacket with some zippers, he sat up here and did the puffy coat. And what line does he hit that? Because Drake says that line. No, no, Kanye says that line. Red oh, jacket right. with some zippers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but actually, no, Drake says it too. He. This is the thing. Drake and Kanye, like Prince and Michael, dear God, I wish they would do something together, but at the same time, they're never going to, and it's probably best that they don't because it's like when you did Nas and Jay-Z and then you got Black Republican, and you're like, this is going to be the the best song ever. It's going to be so deep and whatever else and still be an anthem, and it's like, no, it's not. All right, so one of my homegirls put me onto this one time, and I think this is a good analogy. Mm Mm-hmm. When you have two really beautiful people mm-hmm. make a baby, the baby's not always. No. And that's the thing is sometimes when you get two ugly people and you get that beautiful child, it's like, yo, man, this, you, you, you know what it is? And th- another analogy, sometimes when you put things together that you wouldn't expect, it makes it taste delicious. Uh, Marcy wasn't here for this, but we, back in the day, we did watermelon and uh, mustard. Brought it on the show. This episode hasn't even aired yet. Dear God, I need to put it out. So we did watermelon <laughs> and mustard because it was a trend on TikTok. And then I had Ian and our homeboy oh. eat it live on the show. And they're like, this is going to be garbage. It tastes horrible. And I'm like, well, I hate watermelon, so it's going to definitely taste horrible to me. And I'm not the biggest fan of mustard unless it's honey mustard. So anyways. <laughs> I can't stand I can't stand any melon. Yo. What? I don't like watermelon. No, I can't. I can't. I can't do it. I'm I don't gonna- know what it is. Mars, I'm not gonna lie to you. It's, I don't really like watermelon either. And as of recently, as of the, 
as a more of an adult, I'm like, yo, let me give spicy food a try. Mind mm-hmm. you, like, for being a Mexican, I didn't eat spicy food growing up. As a black person, neither do I. Okay, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm older, I'm like, I want to eat spicy food. So I'll go eat spicy food. And I just had hot pot over at the homie's house. Uh, and I kid you not, I have, like, hiccup reactions to spicy food. Mm-hmm. And I hate it because I'm just like... Now that I want to enjoy this new flavor in my life, I can't because I'm just like, (gasps) (gasps) it's awful. Anyways, all that to say, I gave watermelon a try recently and Mm. I'm like, it's not that bad. But to be honest, I don't really like melons either. Yeah. So I agree with you on that, Mars. Uh, Would you say that watermelons are the diabetic version of fruits? Like in the sense of like, hey, we took (laughs) all the you. I always expected a watermelon to be like super sweet and 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 juicy and savory in that kind of way like an orange super sweet a lot of sugar feels like it in there you have a watermelon and it feels like the diet coke versus coke a fruit you get what i'm saying i get what you're saying i think it's hilarious because yeah i hear i hear you i would i would 100 rather eat a watermelon than a cantaloupe any day okay but like i yeah i don't know what it is i'd rather have like berries and stuff i mean i can't have most fruit anyways yeah but like it's just like it's weird. It's slimy. It doesn't have like any flavor. You, it's you, just bizarre. The fruit that I missed out on as a child that I never ate just because it looked disgusting to me, and I now enjoy within things like I love the flavor of it. Kiwis. Kiwis. Because it was just like it's this brownish, greenish, furry thing, and then you open it up and it's green with like these weird seeds, these black seeds in it. And I was like, that can't taste good. That. That just can't taste good. Perception is one hell of a drug. Yeah, it is. I'm not going to lie. I am very uh, open to trying things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I I did not fall for that trap. Sorry, good sir. You missed out a lot. I am not not a big person of change. I do not like change. I, I get that things must change. I understand it. But I'm I'm very much a person that's like I am set in my ways. I can change. And when I do, it's usually a good and healthy thing and the right thing to do. But I'm I'm not the person that's going to be like, all right, let's change. I'm not the kind of dude. Uh, all right. Anyways, getting back to music real quick. Uh, since you couldn't tell me your favorite R&B album of all time, you weirdo, I'll tell you mine. It's uh, Music Soul Child, uh, Just Listen. Got it. Love that album all the way through. Uh, it's just amazing. Um, since you can't give me... An album. I'm gonna make you give me an artist, and I don't want you to think about it. I just want you to blurt it out. SWV. All right, work. I like that. I like that. I would say, for my artist, if I had to take Music Soul Child off the board, I'm going to probably say R&B. It would be a toss-up between Diana Ross. Or, yo, Diana Ross is just, I mean, you got the Supremes, you have her by herself. Diana Ross is just amazing to me. Um, But I would second that up with like, and I know a lot of people aren't going to view her as such. Uh, I would say Lauryn Hill. Lauryn Hill, I need more music from, but when she wants to sit up here and sing, she destroys it. What movie was it that she was in? Uh, oh, Sister Act. Oh, bro. Sister Act. She was amazing. She is. I, I'm. I'm. 
don't rap ever again, even though you're one of the greatest MCs of all time. In fact, I'm going to sit up here and take, I'm going to take Black Thought off my list and put Lauryn Hill on there. Um, Lauryn Hill's amazing, once again, but she just doesn't have that much of a body of work. You you can't be like, yo, these are my three top Lauryn Hill albums, because there's only two. Are we, are we, <laughs> there's more than two, but there's only two. Are you talking about body of work that has been released? Because you also think about all the music that's never been released. Yeah, but I'm, I don't know that. <laughs> okay, yeah, so we're on the same page. Okay. Uh, okay, so you you ready for the next one? Yes, good, sir. I'm all right. Ready. Oh, go on. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. No, I just, I know what backlash I'm going to get after this episode. Go ahead and say it then. You know you're going to get it, then just do it. It's only from one person, and it's the homie. Okay. I'm ready to move on. No, no, go say it. <laughs> the fact that I couldn't name an album, mm-hmm. I know I'm going to get backlash for that. All right, what's the album? No, that was it. Oh, that that's was- the same. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> bro, it was horrible. Uh <laughs> I told you. Horrible. Uh, this is now uh, the horrible episode, uh, you know, tagline for this one. Horrible. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Baby Lord. <laughs> Young God. <laughs> like 10 names. <laughs> Dude, I can, I can go on forever within doing, doing like AKAs for you all day. Um, so anyway, Young Christ. Uh, <laughs> little god <laughs> that one's kind of cool um but yeah anyways uh yeah i i enjoy lauren hill to a point that I, I i truly can't express to people sometimes and i i really wish she would do more music but i also get that like she was one of those people that you feel like are built to be famous but actually aren't like actually aren't meant to be there in the spotlight. And speaking of which, I talked to huh. my homie the other day. Two people that I wish would do a song together. And this is always my favorite thing to do. Put two people together and be like, imagine if they did the song. Lauren Hill and Alicia Keys. I want to hear that song. I don't I don't know if it's uh, Alicia Keys just playing on the piano and producing it or if she's actually going to sing. I just want to hear something where those two individuals, because I feel like they're somewhat like-minded, not totally because you know lauren's way more rasta within stuff and beliefs but then at the same time lauren's very or uh, alicia is very more much more natural and down to earth and i just would love to hear a song with them too do you have any like combinations of like i would take these two artists and do want to hear something because I, I would follow that up with andre 3000 and black thought really I would take Andre 3000 and most people, and I think it would make a great song. He is the king of adding to a song and maybe outdoing you. Not maybe outdoing, most likely outdoing you. Now I'm thinking about who I would put Andre 3000 with. Yeah. And Tyler. That would be crazy. I, I would want just versions of albums with just on. You know how they did the Black album for Jay-Z and then all these other producers did it? I would want that with Andre 3000. That'd be tight. Just being over. Oh, yeah. correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. did he ever put out a single album after uh, leaving the Only the uh, Love Below. Mm. It's the only real thing that was solo for him. But he said, it. he's like, I don't ever want to not be this 
this man is so legendary and only has one solo project. Think about that. Everybody wants to talk about Kanye this, Drake that, but it's like, I would love to see a Drake and a Kanye pulling Andre 3000 and stay that relevant. Dude, Andre 3000 is also amazing in the sense that he he did, he's not the inventor of Black Weird, but he was the perfectionist, the first perfecter of being like, you are not going to stereotype me as a black person and say, I need to dress like a thug and wear this outfit. Mm -hmm. Even though Big Boy was still being like, I, like, I might dress like a pimp. I might dress like a pimp, but I'm not going to wear football pads, crazy parachute pants, and then have a blowout and dance on this video. I'm not going to do that. I'm also not going to dress like an alien and, and sing an R&B song. I'm not going to do that. So... <laughs> Just saying. Um, anyways, uh, I I love Andre 3000, but who would you match him up with? I feel like this is like... You keep <clears throat> thinking way too deep about it. No, I think like, so I'm going to just say it. Okay. I'm thinking about Andre 3000 and uh, Rick Ross. Okay. So... That's one I can't see. <laughs> you picked the one. I but I did that on purpose. Okay. So... It's like uh, we talked about earlier about like uh, things that don't go together. Mm -hmm. That if you try to, okay, it, you, you're giving the the watermelon and okay, yeah, I get you. Because think about it, like that Maybach music group sound of like live instrumentation mm -hmm. with like some hard rap over it. But then what Andre would bring to that sound? How would he flip it and really give it that different? Twist? Yeah, he can write anything. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I ain't mad at it now. Um, and plus, I, like Rick Ross. His sound is pretty incredible, bro. Tell me a future, a future that he's on that is not fire. Um, I'm be honest, I can't really think of that many featured Rick Ross songs off the top of my head right now. I know that there's probably infinite, but Rick Ross to me is one of those artists that I was like, he's still relevant, but he's relevant in the way of like French Montana to me. When you start producing music again, I'm interested and in, in will listen to whatever the big songs are, but I'm not necessarily going to just sit up here and listen to a Rick Ross album just because just I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to clean the house and listen to Rick Ross today. That's, that's not, he's not an artist like that for me. But when, when I do hear him, like, like you know, uh, BMF and all those other songs he did back in the day, I'm like, love him. But hustle, 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 hustle. <laughs> Uh, I do hear you when it like comes to his own body of work. It's not always like the most entertaining or the the most out there, mm -hmm. but it's also like I think it's because of the the industry that he's in. Unfortunately, the industry operates in the there's only so many people who can have the the like the uh, the highlight. I just feel like he doesn't, and and I don't know, and I'm only saying this out of pure speculation. I don't feel like he has a lot of good album cuts. Whereas like. Like artists like The Weeknd, you listen to the whole entire Weeknd's album. I hear you. Rick Ross is definitely someone who's better as a feature mm -hmm. on your track than he is as an album. I'm going to say that as mm -hmm. someone who listens to him, but he's still he's still the boss. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who's the biggest boss that you've seen thus far? All right. Well, oh, any did you see he just put out a book too, though? We keep touching on stuff that's actually in the segments of the show, so I'm gonna we're gonna start getting into some of these segments just because i feel like 
we need to now because you mentioned since you mentioned book did you hear uh that the the government has released the wu-tang album the secret one that whereas like you can only go listen to it in museums and stuff mm -hmm. so that has the government just released a bunch of pictures there's also a book that goes along with it can you can you bring that up uh yeah so it's this album that's supposed to be was only in museums. I can't remember the 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 white dude's name. Look, look, look who it is. Our our maintenance man Fortunato just being a creep like he usually is. What up, Fortunato? <laughs> uh but yeah, so they there was this white dude that was like a hedge fund dude that you, you remember the story about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, anyways. Um so the government sees the album as a part of taking his assets to pay for stuff. And they just released some of the photos from it. Um, so let me go ahead and just get into this real quick. Wu-Tang Clan album, Once Upon a Time in Shaolin, was sold last July by the U.S. government. The price it sold for has not been made public. The U.S. government has shared new images of Wu-Tang Clan's uh, album. Uh, you may remember back in 2015, the album. Damn, everything that now... I remember from back in the day, and then I hear how long ago it was, blows my mind. 2015, I feel like it was three years ago, but I also remember three years ago was when life was back to normal, so COVID ruins time. Um, <laughs> Anything uh, that you think about where you're like, oh, that was just last year, you got to add like two to three years now. Yeah, it sucks. I just hate it. But anyways, yeah, so they released uh, some photos of it. Um, there was also a book that went along with it. I don't know why it's not showing the rest of the photos oh there's 54 images if you click on so go down uh lower marcy right there it says right in the corner if you yep yeah um then you just scroll down but yeah look look at how crazy this thing looks this is this is what like everybody talks about producing an album i miss the days when like they the actual physical album itself had like no one did this much craft work in it like you know because this thing was a couple of million dollars it sold for but just like the crazy graphic that they would put on the album or if it was a record special things that we put in it or how they would just just the attention to detail that they would put into it and now i feel like with everything streaming and people not even remembering albums and only knowing the playlist of stuff you don't ever get this so. but that's because of radio though i don't think i think there's Yes, in the sense of like no one listens to the actual radio radio in the same way they used to. I'm not gonna lie to you. What Usher album is it where it's um my booze on? What what album is that? Since you're a big uh, hotshot and know everything. Um, I believe that's on actually Alicia Keys. Oh no 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 not my boo. Uh, you'd remind me. You remind me. Uh, that's on his his self title album. I think it's just Usher. I'm, I'm from correct. Oh no, it's uh, eight seven oh one. Is it the one where he's like this? Mm -hmm. I believe so. <laughs> See, I do know about albums. I just don't know the names off the top of my head. Anyways, wait, wait, what? What song were you looking for? You remind me. Yeah. Okay, I went through and I listened to that album, and then I was like, for like a second, I was like, oh, thank God for radio, because I listened to the best song mm -hmm. off that album, and I didn't listen to the whole thing. What other songs are on there? Uh. Let me hold, Anyways, hold on a sec. Anyways, I, I wasn't like a biggest fan of the whole album. You you might have to let bring up the audio on this channel, but let's, we'll just see if it plays. Hold on. 
Let me let me see if I can do this because you you're crazy. All right, so so you remind me. Horrible. Horrible. But then you have. But also still on radio. Yeah. Just gonna skip that one. album cuts this this is what i'll say one god music is dated now i I now understand how music gets dated because i was like oh these albums are gonna always be good i'm like oh yeah those there's 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 a reason why you have classics because they always sound good and an album yeah those albums yeah but also because the time frame that i was like born in Mm -hmm. i have to go back and figure out who escape is i have to go back and figure out who Jodeci is. I have to go back and figure out Avant and mm-hmm. how Avant influenced blah, blah, blah. Like, I have to do that homework myself. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, to my point, uh, radio had benefits and it did it. But at the same time, there's a lot of great music on that album. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, you're not going to tell me that it wasn't any of those other ones were better than the radio hits. No, but that's, I mean, that's why they're the radio hits. Yeah, that's what it hits. Um, but no, I also have this rule within those out al- within albums to determine if it's good or not. If you don't at least have in this in this situation, there's three, but three to four hits on an album, it's not a good album. That's a good song. Really? In for okay, so my standards of an album because I've since I've been going through it, mm-hmm. it has to have I, okay. I'll take that criteria of it has to have like three bangers on it. Mm-hmm. But uh, what album? Like, if I can't just like casually listen to your album. So this is how I listen to albums. I'll listen through it once casually and I'll just listen to it. And if I like it enough, I'll go back and I'll actually pay attention to it. Okay. So I give it at least like three whole run throughs. Mm-hmm. Mind you, Donda only got one. You know, I, I realize what what really destroyed the album is CD players and cars that when CD players and cars stopped being a thing and it was, it became streaming or phones. You, if, even if you made a mixtape, you had to sit there and go through albums to make the mixtape. Yes. You had to physically take a CD, no. burn it onto your computer. No. LimeWire. Yeah. But you, but that, that's the stream. Do you hear that, that's Marcy? Stream- thank you. You proved my stream- point. That was the streaming era. That that became. I mean, if you want like 
60,000 viruses. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that was super funny is I saw, you know, those Spotify rap things. Someone uh. made, like, a joke, but, like, with LimeWire, saying, like, this year you only got, like, 5 million viruses. <laughs> <laughs> when, with, what was it, Bill Clinton? When you would download the song, you'd wait X amount of time, and then all of a sudden it's Bill Clinton being like, I did not have blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I did not have sexual relationships with that woman. Yeah. Um. I never, I've never got a dud. Like, hey, I downloaded something, and then it ended up being the fake version of it. I've never have. How? Because I'm good. <laughs> I hate that I set you up to say that. Uh, Anyways. But no, I think, yo, CD players not being in cars, definitely. Like, people, when you would buy an album, you would put it in your CD player immediately in your car and listen to it. Yes, I will say that. And now you don't even, because that was the only way to get music back then was to buy the whole entire physical thing. And and now you can buy individual songs and you don't, it's like, oh, I, I love Aaliyah's blah, blah, blah song. I have to buy the Dr. Doolittle soundtrack. I'm like, no, you don't. And you don't even get to learn that, oh, shoot, the Dr. Doolittle soundtrack has heat. It's nothing but fire. You I don't get that. Actually, kind of, because iTunes sometimes will do that with certain albums, and you have to download the whole album. I don't know why iTunes does that. Yeah, because the artist makes Apple it like music. that. Or you get the the bonus track is the only way you get it is you got to buy it, and that happens to be the single, which is genius but dumb at the same time. Which, in speaking of that, uh, Weekend released a new album, and with his new album, it's... Uh, have you heard of the controversy where artists will do packages with their album? So it's like, instead of you buying it just on iTunes, you buy it from their website, you'll get a download code for iTunes or something like that. But you get like physical items with the album. So it's like, hey, I'm about to release my new album, get my limited ed- edition t-shirt or hoodie or whatever else. Mm-hmm. And that boosts album sales. And artists like, I think Nicki Minaj, um, DJ Khaled, uh, I can't remember some of the other ones. But I think it was like Ty Dolla Sign. They got in fights about like, I mean, like AI technically had the number one album. This person included their merch sales with people getting free, uh, free copies of the album with it, saying that those were actual record sales. So it's like you bought my hat, you bought my album, and it's one of those things that's become like kind of sticky but uh, I know that uh the reason why I bring it up is that I know that the weekend did that also on here. Did do we have I'm like looking for the weekend's thing in here. Is it not in the notes? Did I totally miss out on that? I have I I just I found something real okay. quick. Yeah, so he released a new album, Don. Um it's super weird because uh I was trying to find it. Um they say if you scroll down, they talk about they, he did a party, and maybe with your young kids' vernacular, you can make more sense to scroll back up. Uh, just yeah, right there. Um, yeah, did a surprise guest appearance. You know what? I'm just gonna find it on the because OK Player uh, actually talked about it, and I just have it right up there. So first off, have you the, the cover of the album? Have you seen it? Is it that? Because that's not great. No, it's not that. <laughs> yes, it's just him getting a, a a media picture. All right, so I put it in the first link in the uh, in the notes. Um, so it's him doing 
uh, the old man look. Like, he put on prosthetics and makeup and all that other stuff to make himself look old. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is also Kanye West did with uh, 88 Keys in their Viagra video. Please tell me you know the song Viagra by Kanye West. No. Gonna be honest oh, with we're you. doing that next. All right. Um, so if you scroll down a little bit. Yeah, so it says he hosted... Uh, I have seen this. First off, you look like the chubby version of Morgan Freeman. <laughs> no, don't do that to Morgan. Does he not? <laughs> he has hints of, of Freeman in him. Um, so he says, after hosting a surprise live stream yesterday night in anticipation of his fifth album, uh, Don FM, new Sonic Universe from the weekend has arrived. Uh, so, yeah, they were talking about uh, the weekend hosted uh, a purgatory dance party with the assistance of DJ Jim Carrey. I'm guessing what they're meaning by that is they're playing the album on live stream and that was their dance party. But I'm like, did they actually throw a dance party like during Omicron right now? That would be. I, I, I couldn't tell you because I didn't see it. I didn't see it either. But I'm really mind blown. I recently found this out that like Jim Carrey and The Weeknd mm-hmm. are like really good friends. Like, Wait, when it says DJ Jim Carrey, do they Jim mean? Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey? Yeah, like apparently like Jim Carrey lives far enough but close enough that they can see each other like via telescope and like had balloons and like wish them, call them be like, hey, look out your telescope and had balloons that red balloons celebrating his birthday and then went to go pick him up and then they had brunch like how close they are is crazy to me but it it makes sense i thought it was just like because there's there's another uh there's a a famous dj named dj tanner do you get the reference no full house got it her name is dj yeah last name tanner yeah Okay, Got it. DJ Tanner. Uh, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I love Marcy. Just <laughs> anyways, uh, I thought that it was just like a a fake DJ name. It's really Jim Carrey. Yeah. Well, that's my assumption. That's watch my it, assumption. Watch of, it not be Jim Carrey. That'd be hilarious, but it doesn't change the fact that they do have a relationship on that level. That is uh hilarious okay, i'm gonna look this up really quick yeah you you looked that up but uh anyways um how have you listened to the album no i will for like two no. seconds inside of the inside of that stock but that was it okay um yeah i'm i'm interested to hear it uh something that someone said that's uh been stuck in my head from from now on and i really want to make a full remix album of it is that uh the weekend is the rebirth of michael jackson like the way he sounds. Someone said on Twitter, the best song on the Weekend album is by Jim Carrey, Strangest Timeline. <laughs> what? Wait, yeah, I guess Jim Carrey's on it. Thank Yo, you. This, this, is, this is so weird. I did not know this. I, I, I am also the worst person at social media. Wait, wait, wait. So what was the song called? Um, I'm not sure. It Maybe. was like Strange Something. Uh, I'm trying to look. I'm trying to see if it's on Spotify. Uh, oh, uh, Phenomenal Regret by Jim. 
future plans have been postponed, and it's time to look back on the things you thought you owned. Do you remember them well? Were you high or just stoned? <laughs> and how many grudges did you take to your grave? When you weren't liked or followed, how did you behave? Was it often a dissonant chord you were strumming? Were you ever in tune with the song Life Was Humming? I just gotta say, Jim Carrey, whenever he plays it straight, is the creepiest dude in the world. Like, Jim Carrey needs to have his own horror movie franchise because he he is creepy as hell when he's just like, hi, guys. How you doing? <laughs> You're also very <laughs> creepy when you do that. Well, let's just keep it clear. Uh, no, nah, yeah. Uh, Jim Carrey, weird as hell. Can't, can't really say anything else. Did you see? Well, he's... He's now doing another film, but I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how do you go from like being one of the greatest actors of all time to not doing any films and going through like uh, this like transition understanding phase that he was going through well, to he, now come back and do film and be on an album. Well, you know, he also is he, he does not believe in vaccines, period. Not just COVID. He's, he's a non-vacciner. Okay. Okay, I'm just going to leave it alone there. Uh, so anyways, uh, speaking of COVID and vaccinations, also, uh, did you hear within the DJ world, uh, DJ K-Slay and um, I think it's Kid Capri, uh, both have COVID and been hospitalized. So it's a thing that I know a lot of people going out and like participating in different stuff and both of us being within the event world. Um, it's been the thing of like, do we or don't we still do events? And like hearing that um, these these icons recently both have COVID and have been hospitalized. I really wanted to say the story just to make people aware. Like, yes, there's mild versions of it. If you have like you know your boosters and you know all the immuniz immunization, um, but you know people are still getting hospital hospitalized by this. So. Just want, just want to throw that out there. I don't know if you have any commentary you would like to add to that. It's, it's kind of like a tricky subject. Uh, like, for me, I'm someone who is vaccinated, right? Mm -hmm. Regardless of my thoughts around the vaccine or whatever, blah, 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 came up during this time, mm -hmm. I still got my vaccine because I know the spaces that I operate in and I have to I want to keep, I don't have to, I want to keep other people's safety in mind as much as possible. Regardless whether now people who are vaccinated are getting sick or not, mm -hmm. it's still, I still feel like I had to take that step, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, being inside of the event world, mm -hmm. um, there, there's, a, there's kind of a big difference between like doing events for older crowds and me being an educator in the dance world. I also do kids battles. Mm -hmm. I also do kid programming we haven't really done any of our youth programming inside of like the dance world as far as like our events that we would throw as as uh find a way mm -hmm. uh which is a street dance organization here um we haven't done that just because we don't want to create a space where possibly someone can come and possibly catch this and then give it to their grandpa or their auntie and when it's the youth is involved and now the youth are getting sick at a tremendous rate because of Omicron. Yeah. So 
it, we were really mindful at the beginning of it to not do that. Doing even the adults and more older crowd, there's still a lot of risk that goes into that and trying to have uh, safety protocols in place is something that I actually think about. And you saw that from the last event that we did mm -hmm. where it was like, I don't feel that like we're in an interesting place where people want to ex still experience things, but how can we do that where it makes sense and it keeps everyone safe as much as possible mm -hmm. without, because you just don't know. You, you don't know when I'm going to tell you right now, uh, on new year's day, I normally hang out with my family every holiday. If not, my mom's going to kick my ass mm. and she's going to disown me for the fifth time in my life. So right. I'm just playing. Uh, but I didn't go to the to like the house where everybody was celebrating on New Year's. Mm. I recently found out that everybody who was there for that or for that gathering, which typically which was like my family, it was my sister, my sister, my sister, my brother my cousin, and then one of other family relatives. How I have many eight siblings do you have? I have seven, including me. It's eight, and we're four boys, four girls. All that to say that all five of them who were there, six, six who were there, got COVID. It's always funny to me that it happens at family gatherings for people. People, all it seems like they get COVID from their family. It, I don't... I know that certain people do get it from going out or whatever else, but I always just kind of like not laugh, but I'm just like, how ironic is it that people it's not like so many people you hear like, hey, I went out to this party last night and I feel horrible. Or I got sick. It's like, hey, yo, I went and saw my mom <laughs> and and mama be out in the grocery stores just picking up everything. <laughs> not not they. You know what it is? It's because we're not so paranoid about uh, uh, using uh what hand sanitizer on our hands anymore i feel like that's died down somewhat and people aren't as crazy about washing their hands as they were in the beginning points of covid and that's the thing that's in it it's because the perception of it now people are like oh it's just airborne we don't have to be mm -hmm. uh taking as many precautions um which is not true i uh the the nonprofit that i work for uh they have two sectors to it one is like uh job coaching which uh mm -hmm. is um supporting the employment choices of people with disabilities and the other one's a janitorial side of it that also still does that but in a different program mm -hmm. there's two like government programs happening there uh in the other one they still do um uh i forgot what it's called but they go in and strictly do cleanings yeah. for covid safety yeah they clean offices they do uh i forgot what it's called but it's like uh it's not an entire clean it's just like cleaning the desk cleaning the surface door cleaning. handles yeah yeah surface cleaning um so mind you that was a really big thing at the top of march of 2020 when mm -hmm. like or just in general like leading up to it which is really funny that a lot of people think about like people don't stop to realize that at the like beginning of it it was the grocery stores mind you i worked at a grocery store at the top of the pandemic the oh, grocery man. stores janitors and um people who work in hospitals who were like the ones who had to like really face it day to day mm -hmm. and everybody else got to kick it at the crib. Or, you know, there was also people who had to kick it at the crib who were struggling really hard as well. Let me not just take that away from them. But mm -hmm. through all of that, we're still doing surface cleanings just for COVID. 
I'm, I'm somewhat now interested to see like what has the cleaning industry did it take a bump up because of covid or did people start buying all that stuff on their own and doing it so much on their own that it took a dive and i don't just mean like people like come and clean your house i mean like yo like cleaning up stadiums cleaning up like anything like how that probably fluctuated so perception people bought up everything didn't really use it. So people have like three, four, or five containers of Lysol wipes. Dude, I just know people got jugs like this of of hand sanitizer, like five and six of them. And I'm like, one's good. <laughs> like you don't need like get 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 some little lotion bottles, put them in your car and fill that thing up. You don't need twelve of these. No. There someone's gonna eventually make hand sanitizer hand sanitizer again. Th- that whole toilet paper scenario that happened so weird but it just amplifies what people do on a day-to-day people are very um driven by scarcity yeah but i mean that's like the whole entire market of things now like i the collector culture that we live in right now i hate that everything has to have culture on it god i get so annoyed at myself when i when i find myself saying i'm like how many give me an app that will track how many times i say culture in a day so i can lower it Honestly, I when people even use it with like cancel culture, mm-hmm. I'm like, what makes it a culture? Yep, exactly. Okay. Anyways, gotta make it niche. Um. So, I got a question for you. What's up? Uh. Also, you're supposed to never say that in interviews. It's always funny because the whole entire interview is a question. Um. Mind blown. Uh. So who, who would you want to see at the next Coachella? At the next Coachella? Yeah. If you had to make a guess of who's going to be on the next Coachella, who do you think it'd be? Do you want me to make a guess? I want me to make a guess. Make a guess of who you think it's going to be and then tell me who you would want to see at Coachella. Okay. Uh, Kanye. Okay. And then who I would want to see. I personally would like to see... He's done it before, but I still would like to see. Oh, no. Okay. I would like to see Kendrick. Okay. Just because I would like to see Kendrick do it again. Okay. So Kanye West is expected to do it. uh, To return as headliner. His first time was in 2011. Um, After two years of cancellation, uh, they're planning on having Kanye West. And who do you think the other person is? Because you got to have something for black people that is truly for white people that love black music. But then you have to have something for white people. Who who do you think the white artist of the moment is that they're going to bring out? The white artist of the moment? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I don't listen. Post Malone. Uh. <laughs> Absolutely not. That would still be for black people, basically. <laughs> Not, but yes, but uh, Billie Eilish. Oh. Yeah. I was, I was kind of thinking. expecting, I don't know, Doja Cat's been blowing up. I was expecting, oh, she's not that she's big. She's not that big yet. Yeah. You, have to, you have to be at Beyonce levels. Like, Do- Doja Cat isn't sell- selling out the Moda Center. Billie Eilish makes the most sense. You know who I would have done? For which one? For this. If, to replace Billie Eilish. Okay, got it. Go. Taylor Swift. Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 I just thought about that. Taylor, Kanye, you know they made up, and they're like, (laughs) 
decent friends now, I guess. Why Kanye's making up with everybody? Yo, dude. Uh, I don't know. Yo, you know what he should call his his, his tour? He made, he's making up with Drake. The apology tour, and he should just sit up here and have all the people that he's had issues with over the years come on the tour. I so it'd be like, oh, we're gonna when we go to New York, we're gonna do Jay Z. We're gonna go to Canada, we're gonna go have Drake. We're gonna go to Nashville, we're gonna have Taylor Swift. You know, and just every place he goes, he sits up here and has some big artist that he's had the falling out with. That would be amazing. I feel like there needs to be another tally of how many times you come up with good ideas for other people. Oh. That's that is based. This show is is the good idea that was for another <laughs> good person. Idea. <laughs> um, wow. OK. Um, Taylor Swift is also someone who's been like redoing her music. Mm -hmm. And I found out that artists are OK. Uh, Cisco also did this with the thong song where he like re-recorded it. Oh, I did not know this. Yeah. Awful. Not good. Oh, like not as good as the original as you know, because now we have a standard that we're looking at. Right. So he re-recorded it. But I found out that artists are re-recording their old songs mm -hmm. so they can regain access to the masters. Yeah. The masters and the publishing. Mm -hmm. It's it's also weird within in that realm because it feels like. Uh, I don't know if this is the right phrase to coin it as, but secondhand slavery. It's like I own a part of you which is like your your artistry like I, we own this art from you and we can do whatever we want with it but the only way for you to make it in the said industry is to become a slave to us like you and and I look at artists like Chance the Rapper and I'm always like so mystified that we live in this era that you don't truly need anyone if you want to do something you can do it if you want to make t-shirts, you can make t-shirts. If you want to sit up here and make an album, you can do it all by yourself. Um, you know, not truly, but close enough. And it's always weird to me that I I imagine and see excuse me. Um I see these these issues where you think of Taylor Swift and it's like someone's going to argue with Taylor Swift about the ownership of her album. Isn't that just a bad look for the label? And is it worth the risk of pissing off this artist and getting in a fight with them about who owns it to do that? Because that, once again, goes back to Dave Chappelle. Uh, Comedy Central owned the rights to it. Weren't How Dave Chappelle's deal was set up is they got all the streaming rights. He got the DVD sales. And back in that day, that made sense to get the DVD sales. Now it makes sense to have the streaming rights. And... Dave made that big, made all that noise about it, and eventually got back the rights to it. I, I don't know how much it sold for or whatever else, but I think about that, and I'm just like, I can imagine doing that to someone. Being like, hey, so you sit up here and made the best hot sauce ever. I'm sorry, this is racist as hell. Um, I was just trying to find something that wasn't music. Um, but you made, you made the best barbecue sauce in the world. And we partnered up with it, but it was your family recipe. You 110% did it. I now own the rights to it. You get a cut, but I own it. And I'm going to sit up here and water down your brand now. Or I'm going to sell it to someone else that's going to make the Walmart version that's hella cheap or whatever else. Like, yeah, some secondhand slavery. I think that's what it is. And that's like the encompassing factor of a 360 deal. <clears throat> Excuse me, 360 deal mm -hmm. is like basically we have the money. You want to do this thing, we'll give you the money, which you don't actually even get the money because you gotta make sure you're able to pay it back. Mm -hmm. And then we'll make the the create the facade. So by the time you don't pay up, they still gonna get their cut. Yeah. 
Um, and I honestly can't see that, like me doing that either. It doesn't logically make sense. But when you're thinking of only the dollar signs, it makes sense. I keep this, you get this much. It literally makes you, sense. We, we make you this famous. We're gonna blow you up, blah, 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 blah. I get that, but I don't get it. But this is with you talking about mm -hmm. Chance and even Russ. People have done it and shown you that you don't necessarily need to go to that route, but when you need to, you can. Do you feel like maybe the hate that's been going on for Chance the Rapper and people saying he fell off isn't actually people saying it? That's the music industry trying to put that out there to make other artists not want to take Chance's route? 100%. Yes, but I also feel like as a community, we also... There's, the label is really good about tricking our people that this is the best way to do it because you'll get it up front. I now remember what I was going to, I want to put this in the show and you just remind me of it by saying this in the Justin's article, Billie Eilish, I feel like is a plant, like a, like an industry, like huh. plant, you know, cause they say that like certain artists, like, you know, how they organically came up and da, 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 da. And then this, this is the person that they are. Like, you know, how Disney Channel sits up here and puts the child actors, they have to be able to sing and do everything else. And then they sit up here and make them get into the music industry or they try to. Her family has industry connections and her brother was on Glee for like a season. So it's like, it's not like they, it's not that for far. like nobodies. Yeah. It's like, I think that's kind of the perception that they've created for themselves. But like, they didn't just come out of nowhere into the music industry for sure. Mm. And the thing is, is I so I really like Billie Eilish's music. Not, I don't hate her as an artist whatsoever, but uh, it was weird to me. And I am always for a person being, be your own person, do whatever you want, however you want to live. Um, but when Billie Eilish changed her look, I wasn't one of those people like, oh my God, she's dressing sexy now. This is horrible. I was just like, yo, this is like the industry realizing that like she's getting to this age and getting to the certain part of the market where kids buying her music they have now grown up with her to a certain point now we have to make it not contemporary but make it like a thing that's uh palatable for a different demographic we, we this is no longer going to survive as being the angst teen music of this era you now are this platinum Grammy selling whatever type of artist. We now have to make you palatable for this other said group. So we're now going to mature you up some. And I that's why I feel like she's an industry plant. Cause I was like, it was like one day you had green hair, the next day you're doing this Vogue photo shoot and it's and it's all done up this way. And now this is just solely your look. The spikes and everything else are gone. I haven't seen that, so I can't speak to it. But oh, oh, can you? Uh, uh, you know what? I can pull it up, Marcy. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you hit you hit Marcy with the. I can do it. That's hella funny. Um. Okay. So, I think that theory wouldn't be too far off, and I think there's a lot of people. A lo think about it this way: of all the plants that mm -hmm. the industry has tried, that has failed. You, they said uh, Avril Lavigne. Why are you saying it like that? All right, so. Hey, you, you. I want to be your girlfriend. No. All right, so pull up. Can you pull up my screen real quick? Yeah, do you want to put it up full screen? Oh, sure. All right. So, yeah. So, her basically going from looking like angst teen 
to looking like this, which mm. I, I I will say she kind of has a uh, not what's what what's that? Uh, Scarlett Johansson. She reminds me of Scarlett Johansson the way that she looks now. Whereas really? like before, I feel like she looks like Angelina Jolie, and now she looks like Scarlett Johansson. And I don't have any hate of it. Oh look, I was just looking at that one. Yeah, so it's just kind of. That is the most mom haircut ever. This is interesting. I haven't seen this side of. This is where everyone gave her hate from. It's like, L word, you're wearing corsets. You're being sexy now. Like, you're supposed to be for, you know, young kids and da, 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 da. And I'm like, ooh, demographic change. Like, we have to, we're switching it up. We're selling to a new audience. We're widening her brand because X amount of people that were listening to her when she when they were like 13 and 14 are now 17, 18, 20, whatever. And now we have to make it palatable for them. All right. So relevancy yeah. is something that I th think about here. You can switch it back now. Um, like, uh, I don't know, Prince uh, Rakim, mm -hmm. when he first had his initial like solo career, yeah and like the industry was like no we got to do this we got to do this like i wonder how much of that is billy being like no i don't want to do this but i guess i'll wear this top hat no i don't want to do this but i guess we'll do this music video and da, da, da. and it failed but so far it's working for billy right yeah. but i'm not gonna lie um whether she's a plant or not there's some stuff that she's done as an artist that i'm like wow you've made this world a better place yeah. you've made my sister feel like she is a part of something else that's not just loneliness is it so all right to me and this is this is we're 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 getting to the end of the show just a heads up we got we got about 15 minutes left um to me it's always a weird thing looking back and i remember what emo type of music looked like back when I was younger, there was definitely like artist, uh, like name an artist, so uh, like a newfound glory or something like that. Okay. Um, even like deeper things than that, like you know, the punk scene or like AFI or um, no no effects, like groups like that. Um, that the look and the dress of that time then slowly becomes mainstream, and Billie Eilish dresses like the kids of that era did in like the punk rebellious era so it's to me it's just kind of weird the only thing i'm saying i'm trying to say within saying that is um every time that you are in your era or your generation is like right there your childhood everything looks so genuine and then the older you get you see the new era coming up and it looks so manufactured and i wonder how you know my parents generation looked at me listening to punk or whatever else like that like them being like oh man that's so mainstream that's so hmm. cut and copy or whatever else because i just kind of think of those kind of pop groups now trying to emulate something that was such a subculture so i hear that in the essence of like a panic of the disco mm -hmm. where it was more more in the masses and I could see the flock they get. But then at the same token, I was listening to like Under Oath. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole different scene, but it's still at the very same, it's like comes from the same community. Yeah. All right. So other things, just real quick, you uh, you put Claws and the North Face? Cause. Cause? 
Yeah. What the fuck is Cause? It actually just released today. Cause. Um, oh, the the fit the fits of fits. I have it up on my screen if you just wanna. Oh. Bring up yes. mine. So, um, Cause is a brand from Japan. Uh, I'm not gonna sit here and talk about Cause as if I'm a stan and known everything about them. They sell our logo. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> the, the <laughs> Shh, just don't say anything. Just don't say anything. Copy. Uh, uh -huh. but not nah, uh this released today. Um and I thought this was some of the pieces on this collection is actually really fire. Mm -hmm. Uh Cause is also uh part of the you know eight oh eights and heartbreaks. Mm -hmm. Uh the hands on the two hearts, mm -hmm. that's cause. Yeah. Yeah. I, know, I know what you're talking about now. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I just didn't. I, the way that was, I'm not going to make an excuse. <laughs> Thank I'm you for old. taking ownership. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, you can you can go ahead and bring it back, y'all. And then, all right, so. I like how the comment on that was time, site, and price, and I, that's the same information I couldn't find. I was like, where can I buy this? Uh, so other stuff going on that I really wanted to hit up quick. Um. Uh, one was uh, some some black news stuff. Uh, if you can bring up my my screen again real quick. Um, so, did you know Compton, uh, Hoover, and Crenshaw are all names of white settlers who migrated to Los Angeles? Most of them hated inwards, and we kill each other over blocks owned and named after white men. This was. Uh, this is what America looks like right now. We got to stop the killing, man. This is a, this is a IG post, and I just thought it was crazy, like, thinking about, yeah, we, we are pigeonholed into land, and we get stuck killing ourselves over blocks and everything else that we don't even own. And I just, the imagery and everything else of it just kind of really spoke to me. So I just wanted to share it with the world. So that's what I did. Yeah. It makes sense. Like, where else are they getting these names from? You know what I mean? And it's even crazier to think about that, like, Compton has such has such an impact on hip-hop. Like, the the street name itself, Not even it's not even a city. It's not a state. But people in Europe and Asia will wear a Compton hat. Mm -hmm. And I've seen it be done with dancers, too. And they're like, yeah, this is hip-hop, so I wear the Compton hat. I have no idea or reference to where it is from besides rap groups so do you do you feel like that is culture vulture or is that just cultural appreciation i think it it, it depends in the intention right because there's the lack of understanding right mm -hmm. so for example if i'm wearing a compton hat because i teach a hip-hop class and i'm the only one here who can teach one like because i live in a small town in mexico uh I think the intention of sharing it can become vulturous when you start to charge people because you're the only one who has it. Mm. Because in... Do you feel that way when you think about the Japanese culture within hip-hop in Japan? Can we talk about the fact that Japan has its own cholo community? Oh, they have their own cholo community? You know they have a little Portland? In they Japan? Have, no. They have, a little, they have a little Portland? Yeah. So they have like a bunch of like name, big name brand stuff that's here, like uh, 
Heavenly Donuts, not Heavenly Donuts. What's the blue Blue Star Donuts? Blue Star. They have, they have Blue Star. Star. They have some uh, the one best. of the coffee shop things are over there too. They have like a little area where all these things are. That's why I Travel Portland works so closely with Japan because if you think about it, like a, there's a lot of stuff within the Asian community within Portland. I want to say this because it's not a stab at like the Asian and European communities that appreciate what we do. I think there's just a certain level of understanding that is missed. Uh, for example, like I don't fully understand how they have like a Cholo community, mm -hmm. uh, but it exists and it exists from a place of appreciation. Like they really love the low rider. They really love the, the dicky pant. They really love the, the Ben Davis half zip up like, and that's great. But at one point, where's the relationship to that for you? Besides the fact that you aesthetically like it. You, you know what's always funny to me, and I always say this, it's, it's a dumbass thing to say. Um, you never really see Mexican and Asian people together, like as couples. And I think like a lot of the time when you do, it's usually in the dance community. Yes. Because it's, it's one time that like, you know, I feel like communally they come together and like share in the same space, but it's definitely like feels like two demographics of people that are totally separated besides Filipino. Why do I feel like I'm giving that like face that Jake did on Nardwar? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, but also to that point, Mexicans mm -hmm. and Filipino people also have uh, a lot of similarities in culture, and there's a lot of reasons to that. Well, I guess not Mexican, Spanish, or not Span Spaniard. What what is it correct? What is the correct communities that are actually... So when you're talking about Hispanic people, it is a term that it's speaking about people who speak Spanish, who were conquered by the Spanish. Yeah. But Latino is an overarching uh, term to you. No, I meant in Filipino, like the two demographics that make up. Because it's, it's Asian Spaniards. and Spaniards. Yeah, Spaniards. All right, I thought so. I was like, it's not technically Mexicans, but it is. But it isn't. Don't but say that. Nope. No. No. <laughs> no. Spaniards are a whole different. It's a whole different culture. To even to the fact that being Mexican is a nationality. See, I feel I I feel like this for for Black people within the understanding of other communities because we get, and I wanted to talk about this on the show today, so this is perfect. Black people in general are labeled all together because when you when you look at a Jamaican person, even though you realize they're Caribbean or whatever else, they're black, African, black, you know, even Afro-Latino within like the certain, like within the multitude of blackness, we are always, or Africanness, we are always just labeled as black and it's blank. But then when you, you can go to anyone else's cultural heritage and you can pinpoint more minutely what people are, it's like, Yo, this people, this person's Colombian. They're not Mexican. They're they're Guatemalan. They're Brazilian. Like, cause for how how many people you think in the world think that Mexico and being uh, being from Brazil and is, is the same thing? A lot of people. I was about to say because actually, to people Latino Latina people, it happens a lot. Like, especially here in America, like my understanding growing up was like anybody who spoke Spanish 
was just Mexican. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spanish, like Mexicans also have a really bad habit of being like anybody who's Asian, just calling them chinos. And I'm like, no, I just I, thought that was a pants. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it was like also kind of like what we talked about earlier. It's just like, um, oh, earlier this thought hit me, which is like as a community and as people who live in this certain time frame, we live like around unspoken rules mm-hmm. that exist differently for each generation. Yeah. And now we're just being more conscious as a generation. So things like that, it makes sense that, and it's actually kind of a good thing that it's not kind of, it's a good thing that exists because now before you even reach high school, you understand how to be more inclusive, how to be more understanding of other people's communities. And if somebody walks in who's from the South and you live in Oregon, Mm -hmm. you're not like, why are you wearing the cow boots? You know, you have, yes, because kids are brutal and they will still make fun of you. But there's more of an understanding now. Someone in the group of the middle schoolers will be more understanding and be like, hey, I see you. Can Mm -hmm. you tell me about this? Rather than be like, you're wearing boots? What a loser. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It happens to, I think, a lot of other groups. Well, that being said, I want to get into our next segment called Grind Your Beans, where we talk about things that are annoying you, bothering you, or just a pain in the ass to you right now. So, Jesus, a.k.a. Matt Chill, a.k.a. Young Baby Lord, Little God, uh, Give us, you want me to keep going? No, I'm not. Um, go talking to this camera right here and uh, tell us what's grinding your beans. Uh, what's grinding my beans mm-hmm. is the fact that we were never taught how to budget money mm-hmm. as youth and time. No one talks about it, but budgeting your time plays such a big role into budgeting your money. Yeah. And it's like now as an adult, like I had this thought yesterday where I was like, I looking back and I was like, man, my mom didn't teach me about money. Man, my school didn't teach me about money. And now that I'm an adult and I've been an adult for X amount of time, I'm like, nah, dude, you haven't taught yourself this anymore. Like you have to do this for yourself. You have to teach yourself how to budget your time and your money mm-hmm. now because you can only look back so long and then all of a sudden it's been 10, 15 years since you've been out of high school and you've been using the same excuse that nobody taught you how to do these things. No, you have to take ownership. You have to change yourself. Like, you have to take ownership of that mistake, whether it was yours or not. And you have to take responsibility of that. Um, All right. What's grinding my beans? Hey, it's Runner Rock, and this is what's grinding my beans today. Uh, I'm going to be really precise with it. Um, I, I am, I am just over people guilting people about getting sick with COVID. I am so, it's going to happen. And Omicron is so widespread that you treating someone like it's the same way. Like people used to treat people with AIDS. It's like, it's your fault. You had unprotected sex. You are a horrible, dirty person. It's like, no, it happens. It's life. Like, quit trying to guilt people about situational things that are out of their control. People get, people can be vaccinated and still get this. 
So don't sit up here and treat people like they're horrible fucking people or like, you know what? You deserve this now. And and I've become more woke to this because I've seen more people that I am close to get it. And I realize that we're all vulnerable. So like holistically, for real, like the the stop it. Stop stop being that person that sits up here and, and shames people like they have the scarlet letter if they get COVID because you're just a shitty person. All right. That's what's grinding my beans. <laughs> uh, real. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I remember at the beginning, uh, uh, just talking to other business owners and they, they're being like, we don't want to be the business. Oh, oh, I didn't do it. Wow. I'm just <laughs> going to rudely interrupt. No, no. Um, no, other businesses be like, we don't want to be the business that had to shut down because we caught COVID. Mm-hmm. And, but because exactly that there's still a lingering effect of like shaming someone if they got sick where it's like yo it's everywhere yeah how do you like the fact that you're dodging it congrats Mm. good for you but it doesn't mean that you have to put someone down because they happen to be at the wrong time wrong wrong place wrong time yeah well this has been an amazing episode with you uh we were going to get to sound about white but we're just gonna do that as a bonus clip because i gotta really go use the bathroom right now (laughs) I can t- I don't know if you can tell because I'm dancing. So thank you for listening once again. Our uh, lovely guest today, Jesus in the building, a.k.a. Mad Chill. Tell them where they can find you on social media. You can look. Uh, at underscore M-A-D-D-C-H-I-L. That's me on Instagram at underscore Mad Chill. All right, cool. Uh, once again, this is Ronan Rock. Make sure to like and subscribe. Leave a comment. Hit that notification bell. Uh, Join us on social media, Your Morning Drip Everywhere. And uh, this is the Friday, the seventh episode. Oh, RIP to Betty White. And, uh, you know, much respect because she was a pioneer within a lot of stuff she did. You should check her out, like her history, because she did stuff for black people that was amazing. Uh, also, RIP to my big homie Mike. This is an anniversary for him, uh, his birthday. And, uh, yep, that's it. We out. Peace. I'm a P. <laughs>